Hello, you are listening to Dr. Shushma Singh. In this lecture on Chapter 3, U.S. Hegemony in World Politics, we shall discuss 9-11 and Global War on Terror, the Iraq invasion and what does hegemony mean and hegemony as hard power. Let us start with 9-11 and the global war on terror. On 11th September 2001, 19 hijackers hailed from a number of Arab countries took control of the four American commercial aircrafts. Shortly after taking takeoff and flew them into important buildings in the US. One airliner each crashed into the north and south towers of the World Trade Center in New York. A third aircraft crashed into the Pentagon building in Arlington, Virginia where the U.S. Defense Department is headquartered. The fourth aircraft presumably bound for the Capitol building of the U.S. Congress came down in a field in Pennsylvania. The attacks have come to be known as 9-11. In America, the convention is to write the month first followed by the date. Hence, the short form 9-11 instead of 11-9 as we would write in India. The attacks killed nearly 3,000 persons. In terms of their shocking effect on Americans, they have been compared to the British burning of Washington, D.C. in 1814 and the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor in 1941. However, in terms of loss of life, 9-11 was the most severe attack on U.S. soil since the founding of the country in 1776. The U.S. response to 9-11 was swift and furious. Clinton had been succeeded in the U.S. presidency by George W. Bush of the Republican Party son of the earlier president George H. W. Bush. Unlike Clinton, Bush had a much harder view of U.S. interests and of the means by which to advance them as a part of its global war on terror. The U.S. launched Operation Enduring Freedom against all those suspected to be behind this attack, mainly Al-Qaeda and the Taliban regime in Afghanistan. The Taliban regime was easily overthrown 
but the remnant of the Taliban and Al Qaeda have remained potent. As is clear from the number of the terrorist attacks launched by them against western targets since. The US forces made arrests all over the world often without the knowledge of the government of the persons being arrested. Transported these persons across countries and detained them in secret prisons. Some of them were brought to Guatemala Bay, a U.S. naval base in Cuba, where the prisoners did not enjoy the protection of international law or the law of their own country or that of the U.S. Even the UN representatives were not allowed to meet these prisoners. The next point is the Iraq invasion. On 19 March 2003, the US launched its invasion of Iraq under the code name Operation Iraqi Freedom. More than 40 other countries joined in the US-led coalition of the willing after the UN refused to give its mandate to the invasion. The ostensible purpose of the invasion was to prevent Iraq from developing weapons of mass destruction WMD. Since no evidence of WMD has been unearthed in Iraq, it was speculated that the invasion was motivated by other objectives, such as controlling Iraqi oil fields and installing a regime friendly to US. Although the government of Saddam Hussein fell swiftly, the US has not been able to pacify Iraq. Instead, a full-fledged insurgency against US occupation was ignited in Iraq. While the US has lost over 3,000 military personnel in the war, Iraqi casualties are very much higher. It is conservatively estimated that 50,000 Iraqi civilians have been killed since the US-led invasion. It is now widely recognized that the US invasion of Iraq was in some crucial respects both a military and political failure. What does hegemony mean? Let us discuss this. Politics is about power just as the individuals want to gain and retain power. Groups too want to gain and retain power. We routinely talk of someone becoming powerful or someone doing something for power. 
In the case of world politics, two countries and groups of the countries are engaged in constantly trying to gain and retain power. This power is the form of military domination, economic power, political clout, and cultural superiority. Therefore, we want to understand world politics. It is necessary that we understand the distribution of power among the countries of the world. For instance, during the years of the Cold War in 1945 to 91, power was divided between the two groups of the countries and the US and the Soviet Union represented the two camps or centers of power in the international politics during that period. The collapse of the Soviet Union left the world with only a single power. The United States of America, sometimes the international system dominated by a sole superpower or hyperpower, is called a unipolar system. This appears to be the misapplication of the idea of pole derived from the physics. It may be more appropriate to describe the international system with only one center of power by the term hegemony. We can identify three very different understandings of what hegemony is. Let us examine each of these meanings of hegemony and relate them to contemporary international politics. Now let us discuss hegemony as hard power. The roots of the word hegemony lies in classical Greek. The word implies the leadership or predominance of one state and the wa was originally used in to denote the proponent position of Athens vice vice, the other city-states of the ancient Greece. Thus, the first meaning of hegemony relates to the relations, patterns and balances of military capabilities between states. It is this notion of hegemony as military preponderance that is specially germane of the current position and role of US in world politics. Let us remember Aisha who lost her leg in an American missile attack. It is hard power hegemony that has broken Aisha's body if not her spirit. The bedrock of contemporary US power lies in the overwhelming superiority of its military power. American military dominance today is both absolute and relative. In absolute terms, the US 
टूडे हैज़ मिल्ट्री कैपेबिलिटीज़ दैट कैन रीच एनी पॉइंट ऑन द प्लानट एक्यूरेटली लिथली एंड इन द रियल टाइम देयर बाय क्रिपलिंग द एडवर्सरी वाइल इट्स ओन फोर्सिस आर sheltered to the maximum extent possible from the dangers of war but even more awesome than the absolute capabilities of the us is the fact that no other power today can remotely match them the us today spends more on its military capability then the next 12 powers combined furthermore a large chunk of the pentagon's budget goes into the military research and development or in other words technology thus the military dominance of the us is not just based on higher military spending but on a qualitative gap a technological jam that no other power can at present convincingly span undoubtedly the us invasion of iraq reveals several american vulnerabilities the us has not been able to force the iraqi people into submitting to the occupation forces of the us led coalition to fully understand the nature of the american weaknesses however we need to have a historical perspective imperial powers through history have used military forces to accomplish only four tasks to conquer deter punish and police as the iraq invasion shows the american cap- capacity to conquer is formidable similarly the us capability to deter and to punish is self evident where the us military capabilities has thus far been shown to have serious weaknesses is in policing an occupied territory here we come to the end of the lecture meet you on next podcast with topic hegemony as structural power thanks for the great listening